If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of October 9, 2022. The podcast that called her Tennessee. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's hypervilify the news of the bogus. So you remember that ice bucket challenge that went around a number of years ago? It was to fight ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease. What did you think about it at the time? Was it worthwhile, or was it just one of those internet fads for a fundraising drive that was never going to go anywhere? If you said the latter, you're wrong. Because $2.2 million of the amount raised went to the development of a drug for the treatment of ALS that was just approved by the FDA. Larry Falavena of the ALS Association Board of Trustees said, quote, It's hard to put into words how significant this approval is for the thousands of Americans who are living with ALS and their families. The ALS community has proven that our advocacy can impact decisions that are being made about our health. We need new treatments as quickly as possible if we are going to turn ALS into a livable disease and eventually cure it. Falavena was diagnosed with ALS in 2017. The drug, codenamed AMX0035 and given the brand name Relivrio, works by slowing the degeneration of motor neuron cells, which is the cause of ALS. It targets both the endoplasmic reticulum and the mitochondria in motor neurons. The endoplasmic reticulum is the transportation system of eukaryotic cells and participates in important functions such as protein folding. When properly functioning, it protects motor neurons from developing ALS. It's connected via membranes to the mitochondria, which regulates cell function and overall cell life. For ALS, it's both a trigger and a target. Damaged mitochondria can result in mutant proteins that can cause motor neuron degeneration, which then go on to cause damage to other mitochondria. By protecting both endoplasmic reticula and the mitochondria, the drug can slow the progression of motor neuron degeneration. It's not a cure, but in studies it extended the median survival time by more than 10 months. Impressive when you consider that the time from diagnosis to death is usually just 2-3 to years. The drug comes in the form of a powder that's dissolved in room temperature water and drank or administered through a feeding tube. Colony Balas, president and CEO of the ALS Association, said in a statement, quote, We thank the millions of people who donated, participated, and enabled us to invest in promising therapies like AMX0035 that will immediately help people living with ALS. This is a victory for the entire ALS community, which came together to advocate for early approval of AMX0035. We still have a lot of work to do to cure ALS, but this new treatment is a significant step in that fight. And it won't be the only one. The rest of the $115 million raised is funding 130 research projects in 12 different countries and 40 potential treatments. Balas said, quote, The approval of AMX0035 is further proof of how the ice bucket challenge dramatically accelerated the fight against ALS. Since then, we've seen new genes discovered, new assistive technology developed to help people living with ALS, and far more people living with ALS have access to care services than ever before. It's definitely good news for those facing the debilitating effects of the disease, which could potentially be any one of us. (music) 
If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. You'd think we'd have learned our lesson after the Iraq War, but the warmongers are so skilled at propaganda and misinformation that it's still the case that anyone who dares challenge their psychopathically destructive narrative gets attacked from all sides. Case in point, Elon Musk, who's been a prominent critic of the Ukraine war. He got into a Twitter battle with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky because he dared to propose a way of ending the war. His argument was simply that Russia should be allowed to keep Crimea and that NATO should pull out of Ukraine. He also said that the four regions that voted to join Russia, which the West has claimed were fake elections orchestrated by the Kremlin, should be repeated with UN observers making sure there's no funny business. He has a lot more faith in the integrity of the UN than I do, but anyway. Musk said in a different tweet, quote, This is highly likely to be the outcome in the end. Just a question of how many die before then. That triggered Zelensky, who absolutely wants all of these regions to remain Ukrainian, even though they were always part of Russia until Stalin in the case of Donbass and Khrushchev in the case of Crimea. These Russian areas were made part of Ukraine by the Soviets, largely to dilute Ukrainian support for independence. Zelensky made a poll asking, Which Elon Musk do you like more? One who supports Ukraine or one who supports Russia? As if those are the only two positions. It's George W. Bush time. You're either with us or against us. Musk replied to him, I still very much support Ukraine, but am convinced that massive escalation of the war will cause great harm to Ukraine and possibly the world. Musk then made a poll. Let's try this then. The will of the people who live in the Donbass and Crimea should decide whether they're a part of Russia or Ukraine. Almost 60% voted yes. After Andrei Melink, the outgoing Ukrainian ambassador to Germany, responded with swearing, Musk wrote, Russia is doing partial mobilization. They go to full war mobilization if Crimea is at risk. Death on both sides will be devastating. Russia has over three times the population of Ukraine, so victory for Ukraine is unlikely in total war. If you care about the people of Ukraine, seek peace. He also got into it with Lindsey Graham after Graham attacked him, calling it dumb and an affront to the bravery of the Ukrainians fighting to defend their homeland. Really, no one recognizes that as blatant warmongering, devoid of facts but full of emotional bullying? Musk replied, Assuming you believe that the will of the people matters, 
we should, in any given conflict region, support the will of those who live there. Most of Ukraine unequivocally wants to be part of Ukraine, but some eastern portions have Russian majorities and prefer Russia. He then posted the electoral map showing that, prior to Euromaidan, eastern Ukraine overwhelmingly supported the pro-Russia party of regions. The funny part was when Graham tweeted, While we're at it, maybe the Congress should revisit the electric vehicle credit tax boondoggle. It is where the credit is now solely benefiting electric vehicle manufacturers who have increased prices equal to the tax credit. It could be a good way to help save money by applying these funds to assisting Ukrainians in defending their homeland. What do you think about that? Direct threat to pull subsidies unless you tow the line. Musk replied, pointing out that Tesla isn't currently taking that credit and it was GM and Ford who asked for it. Yeah, I don't think Musk is the one making up crap here. How many times do war propaganda and talking points need to be exposed before people recognize them for what they are? The most cogent part was when Musk tweeted a political cartoon that said, Those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Those who do study history are doomed to stand by helplessly while everyone else repeats it. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So when we covered Kiwi Farms being kicked off of Cloudflare, we said they'd be back. The news media said they wouldn't. They'd be relegated to the depths of the dark web, never to be seen by civilized people again. Guess which one of us was right? They'd been accessible through alternate domains, of course, but the main KiwiFarms.net is back up and seems to be operating reliably. Reason Magazine's Elizabeth Nolan Brown has a great write-up on the situation and what it means, in particular, that any censorship campaign to get rid of so-called hate speech or any other kind of speech, or ads for sex workers or anything else, is doomed to fail. And as she points out, quote, This is undoubtedly a good thing. No group has ever gotten less radicalized by being driven underground, and no economic sector has ever gotten safer by being driven into a black market. History shows it over and over and over again. The real question is why no one ever seems to learn the lesson. Whatever you might find objectionable or harmful or whatever, it's far better for it to be accessible and hosted in the U.S. where they can be publicly monitored and subject to investigation by law enforcement. If people really are being harmed or threatened, at least it'll be where it's easily detected and the victims protected. 
And if it's objectionable content like hate or misinformation, it's better for it to be out in the open where it can be more easily countered. You can't debunk something you never get to see. But it's not only right in a practical sense, it's right in a moral and ethical sense, too. It's one thing for a company like Cloudflare to decide they don't want to do business with a person or group. It's another thing entirely to have a system where companies cave to bullying campaigns, like what just happened to Nick Ricada on YouTube. A hate mob who actually admitted it publicly used misinformation to flag his content for community strikes. And it worked. By the way, they're the same group that mobbed Cloudflare to get them to take down Kiwi Farms. In a recent blog post... Cloudflare wrote, In a deeply troubling response, after both terminations, we saw a dramatic increase in authoritarian regimes attempting to have us terminate security services for human rights organizations, often citing the language from our own justification back to us. It's indeed troubling, but it shouldn't be surprising. The mob is going to continue. As we pointed out, Kiwi Farms is now registered with the registrar EPIC. The supposedly neutral point of view Wikipedia describes Epic in the opening paragraph as a right-wing American domain registrar and web hosting company known for providing services to websites that host far-right, neo-Nazi, and other extremist materials. And remember, this same sort of mob was used to remove the payment processors of WikiLeaks because the U.S. government didn't like the fact that WikiLeaks was exposing their horrendous crimes against humanity. The amount of content on the internet that actually is threatening or human trafficking or child abuse material or whatever is incredibly small, much smaller than the amount of content that's being banned for those reasons. Even a single post that might even be a troll or a plant can get an entire domain or forum shut down through nothing more than guilt by association. It's a good thing that, in the long run, those campaigns are doomed to fail. It's just a shame they take a lot of innocent people down in the meantime. Kiwi Farms, Parlor, Ricada Law, even Babylon B have all felt the direct harm the censorship mob can do. And when people in the government are involved, as was absolutely the case with Parler and so many others, it's not just despicable, it's unconstitutional as well. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to anthropomorphize this week's biggest bogun emitter. And it's another one from the RIAA in an update to our coverage of their war on YouTube rippers. 
Yout.com decided not to wait for the RIAA to set them in their sights and took the matter to court to be declared as non-infringing. The basis for it, as we covered, is that YouTube doesn't really have any sort of digital protections on their content. Anyone who looks at the source code and has a little bit of knowledge of web technologies can download any YouTube video, no hacking or cracking necessary. In other words, the DMCA's provision on circumventing protection technologies doesn't apply because there's nothing to circumvent. So the RIAA decided to blow smoke up the butt of the technologically illiterate Judge Stefan Underhill. The so-called rolling cipher technology that we described in the past edition is totally a technological measure that requires a process to access video or audio. Even if that process is basically taking a number and adding one to it. Underhill put a lot of time and research into a 46-page ruling just to say that basically addition is an effective technological measure. He ruled, Although the DMCA reflects Congress's intent that scrambling and encryption are technological measures per se, scrambling and encryption do not constitute an exhaustive list of technological measures. The allegations that YouTube does not have a DRM regime, nor any password, key, or other secret knowledge do not compel the conclusion that YouTube lacks a technological measure, just that it lacks the specified technological measures. And he derived that argument from the legal principle of... Okay, he pulled it out of his ass. He acknowledges that people can download YouTube video and audio with a regular browser, but that requires them to take the step of going into developer tools, which is totally a process that gets in the way of downloading stuff. And that's not even the dumbest part. Quote, Yout does not allege that YouTube freely gives videos with their audio. Indeed, Yout clarified at oral argument that Yout creates combined audio-video files using FFmpeg software, which is not alleged to be part of the steps Yout automates in the second amended complaint. So actually, it somehow matters that YouTube delivers the audio and the video separately, and you have to use a muxer to put them back together again. Underhill says that just because it's not difficult doesn't mean it's not effective, just not perfect. Quote, Importantly, even if the YouTube technological measure can be circumvented, it may still be effective. There is a legal consensus that the fact that a person may deactivate or go around a TPM does not mean that the technology fails to offer effective control, because so holding would render the DMCA nonsensical. Hey, Underhill, maybe the DMCA is nonsensical. Did you ever think of that? I mean, even in the best case scenario, it applies to DRM, where you go through all the trouble of encrypting something and then give the person the key. I agree with the RIAA that Yout's circumvention entails bypassing YouTube's technological measures and modifying YouTube's signature value to facilitate unauthorized access to a downloadable digital copy. Because that bypass and modification constitute a process, I conclude that Yout does not plausibly allege that it does not circumvent the YouTube TPM within the meaning of Section 1201A. Which, again, basically means taking a value and adding one. Now, in case you're thinking I'm being humorously inaccurate, you're right. It's not just adding one to a value. You don't even have to do that much. You can just remove the variable entirely. Underhill improperly dismissed the case without giving Yout the opportunity to respond or amend the complaint, saying, quote, 
There is no reason to believe that Yount could amend its complaint to cure the deficiencies herein. The Second Circuit has advised that when the problem with the cause of action is substantive and better pleading will not cure it, repleading is futile and the court should not grant the party leave to replead. He dismissed the complaint with prejudice, meaning he doesn't want Yount to even have the opportunity to refile. But as Yount's attorney Charles Mudd said, it isn't a surprise and it doesn't mean it's over. Quote, Yount expected this result from the district court and appreciates Judge Underhill providing this early opportunity to bring the issues before the Second Circuit. We believe the district court's ruling erroneous and flawed on a number of grounds, and we look forward to arguing our case on appeal. Hey, was that a backhanded compliment of the judge? I like it! So all of that makes the RIAA this week's biggest bogan emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's occidentalize this week's... And this week he goes to China for unintended, but not unforeseeable, consequences of their censorship policy. Since China is so censorious of the web, a lot of Chinese users have taken to browsing the web with the Tor browser. However, since they're censoring the official sources for Tor, they have to get it some other way. Enter the opportunistic hackers at a popular Chinese YouTube channel, which has 181,000 subscribers and claims to be based in Hong Kong. They figured this was the perfect way to distribute a hacked copy of the Tor browser full of malware. It was included in a link to a video uploaded on January 9, which has been viewed over 64,000 times. The hacked version of the browser includes spyware that collects personal data and sends it to a command and control server. The spyware itself isn't in the browser, but is sent from the server in response to a ping. Oddly enough, only if the IP address of the victim geolocates to China. In addition to browser data and histories, it also sends a list of software and running processes, WeChat and QQ account IDs, Wi-Fi SSIDs, and a utility allowing the hackers to execute arbitrary commands on the victim's machine. Interestingly, it doesn't attempt to gather user data, password, session cookies, or wallet data. Kaspersky Labs, who discovered the Trojan, dubbed it Onion Poison, and found that all the victims were located in China, showing up in their telemetry starting in March of this year. Of course, users on the internet are theorizing that it's the Chinese government that's doing this so they can track the users that don't want to be tracked. 
There's no evidence of this, but of course there wouldn't be. But as Kaspersky points out, this is a typical way for cybercriminals of all kinds to spread malware. Gregory Kucherin, security expert for Kaspersky, said, quote, Today we witness how video content is replacing text, while video platforms are more often used as search engines. Cybercriminals are well aware of the current web consumption trends, hence they started to distribute malware on popular video platforms. This trend will stay with us for some time, and that is why it is highly recommended installing a reliable security solution to stay protected against all potential threats. Google pulled the video from YouTube, citing the harmful and dangerous policies. The Trojan browser modifies the update URL so it doesn't update normally. The Tor project said they added a redirect to respond to the modified URL so that affected users are redirected to the official update and they are upgraded to the real Tor browser. It just goes to show that censorship leads to malware. Whatever problems you think there are that censorship can solve, it's going to create a lot more, and far from protecting people, will make them under even greater threat. That's the harm to their own people of censorship. And it'll be that way everywhere censorship is tried. So all of that makes China this week's... Idiot Wraps up this, the weakest practical joke since Cardinal Woolsey got his knob out at Hampton Court and stood at the end of the passage pretending to be a door edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from George Santayana. To call war the soil of courage and virtue is like calling debauchery the soil of love. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.